0: Welcome to Get Up In The Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friends are Kathy Fink and Marcy Markser. We recorded this via Skype last week, and I recorded my musical parts afterwards. I want to thank Get Up In The Cool's newest Patreon supporter, Rake Musialik. Your support is really helpful right now, practically and emotionally. Thank you so much. Stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how to keep up with this week's guests. Here's my interview and jam with Kathy Fink and Marcy Markser. Enjoy.
1: One, two, three. We're gonna hold each other up. We're gonna lift each other high. We're gonna love each other better than before. This slow world will keep on turning and our hearts will keep on yearning each other when the world is so unsure. We've seen troubles in the past, some gone by and some that last. And there's one thing that can help us all get by. If we listen to our hearts, each new day's a brand new start. We can love each other better if we try up we're gonna lift each other high we're gonna love each other better hold each other up We're gonna lift each other high We're gonna love each other better than before Well this whole world will keep on turning And hearts will keep on yearning for each other when the world is so unsure Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, Complete so surprise
2: keychain.
0: <laughs> Kathy Fink and Marcy Markser, welcome back to Get Up in the Cool.
3: We're so happy to be here. We're happy that Get Up in the Cool is still going. And, oh my God, uh, me too. It's always a pleasure to listen to it. It's always a pleasure to hear you play and sing. We loved your show on Porch Pride. and. Oh, thank you. You know, the internet is second best to be in there in person with people, but hey, you know, it beats not being there.
0: Absolutely. Wow, what a a special song. Um, I usually try to start a little, like in my interviewing and and speaking on the show, I try to start like a little bit lighter, but I got like a little bit emotional because I have a lot to be thankful for right now, but... I'm really stressed out all of the time and sometimes just like kind of straight-up despairing because um, Things are so scary in so many different ways uh, right now and um, it, me- it means a lot to to hear you sing that song um, and sometimes when people s- uh, are, are singing songs to be encouraging and hopeful um, I, it makes me feel cynical because I wonder if they're speaking from a place of privilege and um, they don't know the way things actually are. But I know that you two are not. And it gives it gives credence to your hopefulness. Thank you for that song. That's so lovely.
3: Well, right before we hit the start button on the show, you said, oh, we'll talk a little bit about what you've been doing during COVID. And yes, this song was the first song that I wrote once quarantine got serious. Mm. And of course there's been I think for everybody quite an evolution throughout the quarantine. It's sort of like, okay, yeah, we can do this for a few weeks. Yeah, we can do this for a month or two. And now
1: we're
3: <sighs> now we're cluing into at least for us, oh, we're going to be doing this for the next year or two. We're going to need to figure yes. this out. And at the same time, I think just the general modus operandi that Marcy and I live in is what this song says. You know, mm. the, the mentoring that we do, the teaching that we do, the community work that we do, and community building that we do. Um, we have choices to make right now, and amongst those choices are are, are you going to wake up bummed out every day? Or are you going to try and figure out something positive every day? And, mm. you know, in a way, I consider that to be a place of privilege. I understand mm. that. We aren't struggling with our landlord over rent. And sure. we have been able to reimagine and revamp our livelihood by using the internet to a large extent and there's a lot of people for whom those opportunities are not there that's a place of privilege but i think that the way to use that is to do everything you can to hold each other up and lift each other high and not just sing about it but figure out what you can do
0: yeah i really uh i really appreciate that there's a lot of um Discourse, maybe maybe it's always been this way and I would actually appreciate if you spoke to this, but (laughs) There's a lot of discourse right now Specifically, I've been hearing it from a lot of the generation that would define themselves as being the hippie generation A lot of them are saying music is just music. Stop bringing the politics into it. And I really (laughs) Which is so baffling that that generation is is saying that kind of thing. Are you hearing that
3: more in the old time scene? Yes well, wow! I think, I think because we straddle multiple musical scenes, Yes, I would say that long before old-time music became one of the centerpieces of my life, mm. the music of social justice movements was there because my yes. entree to folk music, amongst other things, was, was what was, at the time, pop radio in the 60s. And that was full of civil rights songs and full of um, uh, Pete Seeger, The Weavers, Bob Dylan, things that spoke to things that we we truly care about. And so the other piece of that is that we have often gravitated to old time music that also does that. Not entirely, but often. And so for us, they
2: merge a lot. You know that's great, but they merged for our mentors too. Olabel Reed, she may not have thought of herself as political. I think she thought of herself as religious, but her religious view was that all people were equal, and she couldn't wait to talk
0: to people. A very political statement. (laughs) It shouldn't be, but
3: it is. (laughs) Yes. She was and really a humanist. It wasn't was. even the
2: religion. Mm. It was everybody counts. She called herself a Christian, and it was it was her Christianity that reached out to anybody who needed any kind of help, anybody yeah. who felt like they were marginalized in any way. She reached out to to us, mm. and um, and we also tried to help bring as much positive stuff as we could to her and her husband, Bud, who was absolutely wonderful. Um, But Mike Seeger, um, to think of old-time music as not political. Yes. That when the music was undervalued and marginalized, there were people, our mentors went and and, uh, made a go of it, recorded things, made sure people got recorded. Pete Seeger, his parents... They made p- sure that people got the respect that they deserved for the music that they mm. created. And so for us to shut the door on that and say, it's not political, I mean, that was a whole. Not even talking about um, the Civil Rights Movement, which was huge in my life. Um, as a little kid, my, my parents would take me to marches, and, and um, their view of going to marches at that point in time was um, it's obviously not enough for black people to go in their Sunday best and looking as, you know, just being as kind to everyone as possible and being as nonviolent as possible. And they still got pushed around. So my mom's theory was that um, white people had to stand up and in order to also – Assure that there wouldn't be violence. White people got dressed up and took their children, thinking that the police mm. wouldn't turn a hose on a bunch of mixed people with white people and their kids. You know, it's it's odd. It's an odd privilege that that is an odd white privilege. And um, but the the political movement of the mine workers and all the the music that was involved with the mine workers' rights and and awareness. I mean, I just can't imagine old time music having no political content well and you
3: know to marcy's point a lot of our sort of merging of old time music and social justice music is through many visits at the highlander center which was a very centerpiece culturally and organizationally of the civil rights movement it's where rosa Mm. parks went three weeks before she wouldn't go sit at the back of the bus it's where the song, We Shall Overcome, emerged from tobacco workers who were um, in workshops there. Um, There's so much, but you could say that about any style of music. You know, I don't happen to have listened to a lot of rock music. I don't happen to have listened to a lot of heavy metal music, But, but I think those styles have their own parallels. There are people always singing about what's important. And at the same time, you know, I think that old time music also gives us a wonderful release of joy. You know, yes. let's let's just enjoy playing music together. Let's enjoy a square dance tune. Let's have a square dance. Let's, you know, there's such a great social aspect to old time music as well.
0: Hmm. I I I really appreciate you. You two are probably like the hardest working sort of musicians that I know, but I know that you work so hard to, to play music and bring music to people because you value all aspects of what music can do. And, um, you, you take in in equal, in equal measure, the joy aspects and the, the collective power aspects and, and everything that music has to offer. And, I think that's really inspiring. I love that. Well, that
3: is a wonderful compliment. Thank you, thank you so you. much. <laughs> it's also kind of nice that somebody sees it for what it is, because, you know, on our um, website, our email signatures, a lot of times we just write social, social music conductors. And yes. <laughs> um, I think some of that also comes from years and years of doing music with kids and families and trying to consistently create a sense of belonging for everyone.
0: Yes. <laughs> I I I have a question. Um and you may decide that this is not a this that this is not a question that you want to have actually in the interview. But I'm going to ask it and then you can let me know. When when you found these like mentors in um in folk music, in uh, old-time music, um, like Mike Seeger and Ola Bell Reed, um, and, and Marcy, you specifically spoke to Ola Bell Reed, caring about anyone who is marginalized, and you said, and that's why she reached out to you two. You two have been a couple for a long time, Forty and my
4: understanding—forty years. years. Yeah.
0: My understanding is that you've been—is—is is that you've been out as a couple publicly for that yeah. whole time. Is that correct?
2: That is. But sometimes people, sometimes we would forget to forget to say that, you know. So, but right. But we were just playing music and every once in a while someone would be surprised. Like Olabel Reed was hoping I'd, I'd marry one of her kids. And, okay. Uh, <laughs> so once we told her we were a couple, then she was fine with that and she, she stopped. But she said, love is love. If people wow. don't understand that love is love, they're missing a huge aspect of their heart. But I'll tell you the truth. Also,
3: I don't. I feel like for us, it's always been something that we don't hide, but we don't advertise. For sure. a very long time, you know, there's a piece for me of you know I do deserve to have a private life, and yes. um, so. In some ways, it's nobody's business, but I'm certainly willing and happy to speak out at times when it helps other people and I think that's really been the case more so for the last twenty years, the last ten mm. years. Clearly, you know, I feel like our version of setting is an example is just be who we are, you know. Just playing, be who we are. And hopefully that sets the example. And if it requires a discussion, then have the discussion. Hmm. If it doesn't require discussion, then be who we are. Set the example by just embracing everyone for who they are and making them feel welcome and valued.
2: Hmm. And singing about the things we believe in, which is... Yes. you know family love and family, and the importance of of friendship in your life and all that and uh it's- you know it's the same as it's really the same stuff everybody else goes through of course yes. but um but I did learn one thing from, from over the years from from I've been out really since I discovered what I was that yes. my feelings and put names to my feelings but I used to think there was no such thing as a dumb question, but now Hmm. (laughs) I realize there are some dumb questions. (laughs) Especially through cancer. Between being gay and having cancer, it's like, oh my God. I can't believe some of the things people ask. But your question was a great question. Thank you.
0: (laughs) I'm so glad. Um, (laughs) I think... I think part of part of tradition, you know, this like looking looking back for wisdom and looking forward with hope. Um I as someone who who very recently came out as queer, it's very um it's very important to me to seek mentorship in tradition and not just music tradition, but like in queer tradition. How are people doing this before and um, what kind of opposition were they meeting? But also, and sometimes this kind of gets hidden. What kind of joy and love and acceptance were they were they finding? And it's it means so much to me to hear that Olabelle Reed. Uh, maybe it didn't occur to her at first <laughs> that you were a couple and was trying to set you up with her family members. But it means so much to me that when she that when you informed her uh, that 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 was a non-issue for her. And All of that's it, very inspiring. Amazing.
3: Um, mm. In fact, I'll tell you a little story. Um, there used to be a women's music festival in the Washington DC area called Sister Fire. And it was run by Roadwork, who booked sweet honey and the rock. And it happened mm. every year for about 10 years. And one year the, the sister fire people phoned me up and they said, Hey, um, We'd like to invite Olabell Reed to Sister Fire. Would you help us? Hmm. And I said, sure. And so we had been to Sister Fire numerous times. In fact, we had been sort of a roadie for um, Liba Cotton at Sister Fire, and and we had performed there. And so I phoned up Olabell, and I said, well, there's this festival in the Washington area, uh, a women's music festival that would really love to have you. Would you be interested? And she said, well, sure. Tell me more about it. And I said, well, one. One thing I think that you and Bud need to know is that they'll only have female performers. Bud mm. won't be able to perform with you. If you want a band, Marcy mm. and I are happy to play with you, or you can perform solo. You've done that plenty, but it's that's that's the vibe of this festival, is really showcasing yeah. women. And she said, well, that's okay. And then I said... And you need to understand that the majority of the audience, not all of it, but the majority of the audience are lesbians, and it's going to be mostly women in the audience. And she goes, well, lesbians are people too, ain't they? (laughs) And that was it. (laughs) You know, that was the whole discussion. And she was on, and she did it. And people loved her to
2: pieces. Hmm. Um, I think she got up and said something like, I want you to know God loves you all, and I love you too.
0: I would love to hear another song. What do, you, what do you all want to play next?
2: Well, I think we'll stay
3: in that same mode. And, um And have you join us on banjo and harmony vocal for yes. another song that I wrote. And this song was uh, written initially for the Shout and Shine showcase that happens at uh, International Bluegrass Music Association. It took three decades, just about, to Mm. have, I think, the right people in the right place at the right time to open the doors. And I say that with a lot of experience, because I think we started going to IBMA by like the second or third one. In fact, I was the person to um, give the honor to Olabel Reed for the Lifetime Mm. Achievement Award. Long, long, long ago, um, Marcy and I were clearly in the early days of IBMA, an anomaly, and almost got booed (laughs) off the showcase stage when she plugged in an electric guitar just like Bob Dylan. It was wild. But that said, um, you know, the whole concept of what it really means to open the doors Mm. uh, has taken a long time. And at least there's two things going on that I think are very positive. One, you know, well, there's more than two things going on that are very positive around this. I think Bluegrass Pride has been a mm. really positive influence. And particularly because they were embraced by the California Bluegrass Music Association. That gave them mm. a, um, a seal of acceptance that made yes. other Bluegrassers pay attention and say, that's, that's cool. You know, that's very cool. Then we have, um, at this point, a lot of incredible young people who grew up feeling empowered about who they are. Yes. And three, you know, thanks to the work of a lot of people, including the Carolina Chocolate Drops, Rhiannon Giddens, now another generation with people like Jake Blunt, we yes. have some very clear historians who are also outspoken. And you mm. put that all together, and then you bring in a very open-minded organization from North Carolina like Pine Cone, and you bring in uh, somebody like Justin Hiltner from the Bluegrass Situation. And all of these things have been swirling around each other for years. And finally, finally, there's a shout and shine diversity showcase at yes. IBMA. Now, it's not an official IBMA event. It's run by the Bluegrass Situation and Pinecone, but it is not an accident that it happens early in IBMA. And now, yes. um, you know, I don't think we're too long from IBMA sort of wanting to have their stamp on it as well, which I think would be a very positive thing. So all that said, when Justin Hiltner invited us to um, be part of the Shout and Shine Showcase, the first thing I said to Justin was, hey, do you all have a theme song? And he said, no. I said, give me a week. Yeah. And, (laughs) um, you know, Just because I say that doesn't mean the right song's going to show up. (laughs) So I was just... um, I I Called shot. (laughs) Ruminated on it quite a bit, but then it sort of happened. It took its shape, and it's a song that we recorded with Sam Gleaves, who I think is an amazing um, young traditionalist who writes amazing songs that embrace the power of being who you are. He's been very outspoken in the gay community, but in all communities. And uh, when we do a trio with Sam, we have these amazing three-part harmonies. And so that was my vision for this song. And it became the title song of the album that we did with him called Shout and Shine. And we're we're excited to have you, Cameron, join us on this song on a third-part harmony and a banjo. So here we go. One. Two, one,
1: two. Shout, shout, shine, shine, shout, shout, shine. shine, Every soul is divine. Shout, shout, shine, shine, shout, shout, shine. shine. Open the doors here, shout and shine. Left-handed, right-handed, show. Shout, shout, shine, every soul is divine. Shout, 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 shine, shout, shout, shine. shine. Open the doors here. Shout and shine. Shout shout shine. Shine. Every shout, shout, shine, shine, every soul is divine. Shout, 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 shine, shout, shine, shout, shine, 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 open the doors here, shout shine. and shine. Times are changing, and that's a good sign. Doors are opening to shout and shine, brothers and sisters.
3: playing banjo and singing on that that is a special moment for me
0: (laughs) it was it was great i'm happy (laughs) to i had so much fun back then when i played it in the past (laughs) Uh, so um something you were telling me uh marcy right before right before we started recording was that you have your, your very first ever flower garden that you're attending. Um, <laughs> and I am assuming that the reason it's the first is because you two have basically been constantly on the road for like the past 40 years.
2: <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, what
0: is, th- what is it like to be uh, stuck at home?
2: It's very different. And I have to say, I, in a way, I have an advantage because I'm a little bit used to being curtailed being a cancer patient, you know. Mm. Um, so I'm kind of used to being immune-suppressed and used to being really careful about how to be around groups of people. Um, yes. But other than that, you know, if the world wasn't such a mess, I would think it was great. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> we.
2: We're, we're having experiences we've never had before. We've seen mm. spring in one place, um, from no, no leaves at all to little buds to tre- uh, leaves on the trees. It's, and, it's amazing. You know, we spoke of
3: privilege earlier. We are lucky, privileged, and blessed to be in a very beautiful place for quarantine. We're in Lansing, North Carolina, where Olabel Reed grew up. And Hmm. we're in the mountains. We go hiking almost every day. We have a nice little studio set up where we are. Truth is, we're working as hard as we did before. We don't Hmm. mind a bit not traveling. I miss seeing people. That's what Hmm. I miss. I miss the fact that we're not actually in the same room with you.
4: Yes, likewise.
3: But schlepping our crap on airplanes and in and out of rental cars and staying someplace different every night or two... I don't miss that a bit. I have to tell you the truth. And the whole thing with the garden, regardless of of our travel schedule, we are essentially the dead plant society. And so (laughs) the reason why we have a successful flower garden is our phenomenal mountain neighbors who are amazing gardeners. Mm. And when we realized, oh, we're going to be here for a few months and we saw all the gardening that they do... We said, well, will you help us do something? And, you know, now it's a month later, and it's unbelievably gorgeous. Mm. But but that garden is courtesy of them putting in two full-time days with us, getting the plants, oh, getting the materials, tilling, tilling yes. shoveling, all of that. But it's been super fun, you know? Mm. And um, I think... Because of Marcy's cancer, we both are very serious about quarantine and isolation. Yes. I, f- it, I feel tremendous guilt that I can't be out there somehow doing in-person volunteer work. Yes. But I can't take that chance. Yeah. And so... You know, basically, we put a lot of effort into seeing what other ways we can help people. You know, our weekly Facebook live shows, we have been raising a fair amount of money for food banks, for organizations Mm. that give money to musicians. Um, There's a lot of different things that we do, and I don't even want to talk about them all, because basically, we do that from our hearts, and it's not about getting attention for them, but... um, I feel like that's what I wake up with every day is I know what my to-do list for the two of us is. What's my to-do list for somebody else?
1: Hmm.
2: And people are doing the same for us. People are checking in on us and seeing what they can do, supporting us. Helping
0: you plant supporting...
2: a garden.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the yes. other thing that I fully love is I love cooking and I love eating at home. And oh, being yes. I'm a picky eater I'm a I've been a vegetarian for 50 almost 55 years and I don't eat a lot of dairy and travel is really hard on all of that but also up here in the mountains we ain't got no delivery we ain't got no takeout and I basically go to the store once every two weeks and then mm. we've joined a local CSA, and in another month, we'll be eating out of Robert and Brian's Victory Garden. And yes. cooking has been a great pleasure. So here's my favorite recipe. Here's what all I'm going to tell yes, you please. is. Please. <laughs> my, my favorite recipe is this pie that I invented, which is apple pie. Yeah, And when I can, I also put in blueberries We're also, we live adjacent to an organic blueberry farm And it's blueberry picking season right now
1: yeah,
4: yeah. So
3: it's apple pie With a little bit of blueberries mixed in Topped with bourbon caramelized bananas
0: Oh, wow
3: it's amazing. That sounds incredible
0: I've never even thought that combination had never occurred to me before
3: it's Well, amazing. it occurred to me for a long time Looking at the bananas, and I tried it with some nice Woodford Reserve, and I
2: went, this is a waste. I need to be using cheap bourbon for this. Yeah, (laughs) use that bottom shelf for
0: the bananas.
2: (laughs) So we were talking to a a relatively new new friend who's a cookbook author and writes for uh, the Eat column of the New York Times, and Kathy mentioned the bourbon uh, caramelized bananas, and she said, wait a minute, and she grabs a pencil and paper. (laughs) So keep watching the New York Times. There might be something with bourbon, carbonized, bananas in there. So something All right. that she'll come up with. <laughs> I hope. All right, we're going to give Cameron
3: a challenge here. Hmm. Okay. He said, oh, I can play in any key. I don't care. An F tune? Yeah, give me an F tune. So I'm going to tune up my uke here. So Marcy and I do a lot in the ukulele world. And we run a big ukulele festival that's coming up August 15th to 19th at the Music Center at Strathmore. It's a local performing arts center near us. Fabulous performing arts center that really invests in the community. And so we're going mm. into our 12th UkeFest, Fest. And this year it's, of course, going virtual. And um, I play what they call a re-entrant tuning uke where the String closest to my chin is a high string Yes And so it didn't take long for me to go Oh, that'd be so easy to play claw hammer on And the next thing you know I'm teaching claw hammer yuko over the place I have a couple of courses on mm-hmm. it On our website And I made up this little tune in Hawaii In the backyard of our dear friend Ginger Johnson Uh, With the chickens all flying around me and this and that and I was just standing underneath the tree and I made up this little tune and Then I because I made it up at her house had to call it after her so it's called jump up ginger and We're gonna give you I'm gonna stop. I'm I'm gonna take this out. That's what I'm gonna do. We're gonna give you the fourth break Okay, okay great. So it's gonna be uke, you cello banjo Five string banjo and then everyone. That's our arrangement.
2: All right. Sounds good. Out with my earbuds. I'm glad we practiced so hard on this. Yeah, here here we comes. Now we have the arrangement.
0: (laughs) Wish me luck.
3: (laughs) Jump up, Ginger. One, two, one, two, three, four. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh my god, that was magnificent, Cameron
0: <laughs> Yeah, thank you
2: How does he do it? I just don't know
0: <laughs> <laughs> What a lovely tune Thank you That's so nice
3: Thank you, that's on our album Wahoo which is a ukulele-centric album Kathy and Marcy have been idiots enough to make 48 albums
0: <laughs> You sure get a lot of sound out of that tiny little instrument Kathy it's amazing
3: (laughs) this ukulele is uh is a really awesome uke made by a company called Tide T-Y-D-E and I I wasn't in the market for a uke and I picked it up and played it at a uke festival and kept going back to it about 25 times until it became very obvious that it must be mine
1: Mm. (laughs) it's
3: a great uke it's a great uke it's also relatively indestructible and they make all of their Important. instruments out of um, sinker, wood. sinker wood. So they're basically doing a great job of recycling. You yeah. know, I love it. Wonderful. So what what do you want to play next after
0: uh, that wonderful tune?
3: Well, we're going to play another original song, but hopefully it's um, it's got enough tradition in its veins to pass for Get Up in the Cool." Um, oh, we have, of course. <laughs> we have a lot of infatuation with the history of women in country music. Marcy and yes. I um, spent a lot of time touring and performing with Patsy Montana, the first woman in country music to sell one million records. We hung out with wow. Olabel. We hung out with Lily Mae Ledford. We hung out with a wonderful woman named Lois Short, who never reached any of the commercial success of the people we just discussed, but she was a Harlan County. Uh, coal miner's wife who grew up playing the banjo and guitar her husband didn't care for it and when he passed away and people from apple shop knocked on her door and said anybody here play any of this music and she had her guitar and her banjo under her bed and it came out again and you know she got out to uh, some of the great old-time music festivals and Hmm. camps before she passed and and uh, we've done lots of radio shows on the history of women in country music. We're humongous fans of the De Zurich sisters, otherwise known as the Cackle sisters, who performed mm. on the WLS barn dance with um, Patsy Montana and the girls of the Golden West and Lily Mae Ledford and the Coon Creek girls. So in our love of this music, I've always felt that Maybelle Carter didn't get enough kudos and um honors and attention for her incredible contribution to old time music to mm. the whole world of guitar there's barely a guitar player that doesn't owe some debt to Ola, to um huh. maybelle carter and You know, she learned this style partially from a guy named Leslie Riddle. And we recently found out that there's a Leslie Riddle festival in Burnsville, North Carolina. Hmm. But um, I've spent a lot of time not only listening to the original Carter family, but watching every video I could find of Maybell. And... She was really one of the early lead guitar players, and this whole mm. style of being able to play lead and rhythm at the same time, which by the way us clawhammer banjo players tend to like um, yes. is really remarkable and she had and and that style became called the Carter scratch, where she would play with a thumb pick, an index finger pick on backwards but flattened out a little bit, and she would okay. kind of brush the strings or uh, what did her daughter call it? Stir them. She'd play the melody notes stir with her them. thumb. And then she'd <laughs> stir the other strings. And um, she was also pretty darn good with the flat pick. She played great swing chords. If you watch uh, the Carter Sisters and Mother Maybelle, some of the old TV shows they were on, she could play a mighty fine swing guitar. And that was Chet Atkins wow. in the back, who toured with them for seven years. Hmm. And so <laughs> I just felt like... Hey, I, I just want to say thank you to Maybelle Carter. You know, hmm. I really wanted to do that. And I worked on this song off and on over the course of probably two or three years. It never got to what I wanted. I'd come back to it six months later. I'd work on it. And then finally, it kind of all came together. And uh, when you think about it, she was 19 years old, I think, when she played... Wow. Wildwood Flower, which is sort of, you know, that's the standard bearer for your entry to old time guitar and um, continuously created these breaks and licks that are emulated to this day. They're the roots of rock and roll. They're the roots of folk music. It's it's terrific. So um, long story long, this is a three minute version, (laughs) which is the song. (laughs) Maybell played guitar. Wonderful.
1: Everyone who plays guitar has to learn the wildwood flower. She recorded at 19 on a beat-up old guitar. Leslie Riddle taught her some, showed her how to use that thumb. Carter Scratch was leading strum. Maybell played guitar, a send or a diamond ring. Only one can help you sing. She earned her place among the stars. Maybell played guitar.
3: I'm from that Gibson box, wooden strings, fancy chops, change country music, folk and rock, and it's played play guitar. Doc and Merle and Norman Blake, you know what? Even Shepard tried to take
1: a liquor to right from her hands when Maybell played guitar. A Gibson or a diamond ring, only one can help you sing. She earned her place among the stars, Maybelle played guitar. At grand old Opry, she held court to learn from her was your passport. To licks and tricks, and country songs,
3: when Maybel played guitar. Mother Maybelle earned her name
1: in Music's Hall of Fame, her guitar, picking songs and heart. Maybe I'll play guitar, a Gibson or a Diamond Ring. Only one can help you sing, she heard her place amongst the stars. Maybe I'll play guitar.
3: By the way, Cameron, I forgot to mention that the chorus of this song, A Gibson or a Diamond Ring, Only One Could Help You Sing, comes from some story that I read, and I wish I could find where I read it. If one of your listeners knows, please let me know. But I read that not too long after the Bristol sessions, uh, Maybelle. Uh, Like all the Carter family, got 250 bucks. That's like getting thousands of dollars right now. And she was trying to decide if she was going to use that money to buy a diamond ring because she and her husband didn't have wedding rings or uh, an engagement ring or something like that. Was she going to buy a diamond ring or a new guitar? And her husband encouraged her to spend that money on a brand new Gibson L5 guitar, which is. The main guitar that she played for her entire career.
0: Wonderful. That's such a that's such a special song. Uh, I I was just thinking while you're uh, while we were playing <laughs> um, that um, I was thinking about this sub thread in the new Facebook music group, traditional music feminists. Um, that's talking about what songs do you play that are um, or, or tunes do you play that you consider to be feminist. And uh, I think it was Brandy Pace just brought up how the instrumental excellence of women is often erased uh, in the discourse about music uh, when when the men are controlling the discourse because they only want to talk about women as vocalists. Um, And I think it's really lovely that you're highlighting how wonderful of a guitar player and how influential she was that Mabel was as as an instrumentalist and how important that was to her music and to everyone's music.
3: Well, that's an interesting thread. And although I'm part of that group, I'm I'm trying to spend as little time on Facebook as I can.
1: <laughs> um, Fair. <laughs> uh,
3: so I don't... Uh, I find that that group and traditional music today both to be very interesting and full of interesting commentary and information. Um, but I will say as somebody who's been playing this music for a living for 47 years, yes. um, you know, we went through 15 years of people just saying, you're pretty good for a girl. And people go,
0: do oh, people
3: really say that? And the answer is yes. You oh, know, I played bluegrass <laughs> banjo for six years in a band and people were just like, Dumbstruck that a girl could play bluegrass banjo. Marcy went through the same thing, playing mandolin and guitar. It became tiring, so to speak. And uh, to this day, I will very honestly tell you that uh, Marcy will take in some band or duo form on stage a break every bit as amazing as lots of guys and get half the applause. It's not a difference yeah. in the quality. It's a difference in the mindset. And we have a long way to go. <sighs> we are making progress, but, you know, I I, I don't want to be impatient, but I want it now.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Well, we have one tune left, uh, not counting the bonus track, and... Before we introduce that tune and play that, um, I wanted to ask you, how does one keep up with all of your musical activities now, Uh, yours and Marcy's? What are you up to? Where do we follow you? How do we get all the latest news about when you're going to go live and when you're going to teach workshops and things like that? Where do we go?
3: The very best way is to uh, join our email list at kathymarcy.com. Great. And I think there's a little button in the top right that says get on to email list. And uh, we send e-news out about once a month during COVID. Sometimes shorter e-news is a little more often when things come up. I'm going to want people to know about Get Up in the Cool. So, you know, I'll make sure that they know mm. about that. And... Um, okay. So the website is the best way, and the second best way is to follow us on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash Kathy and Marcy. And that's where we do typically a Wednesday night stream, Uh, and lately we've been having a blast sharing some of these streams with other people. We did one with Laurie Lewis. We did one last week with Tom Paxton. Um, We're going to do one... um, Soon, Marcy, every about once every month or two, does a, a social um, cocktail party sing-along play-along. And she fun. posts the, the, the chords and the lyrics, and she usually plays ukulele, but you play whatever you want, folks, and you sing as loud as you want to, and if you play wrong chords, nobody knows it. And it's hilarious <laughs> and fun as can be. Um, so we do a lot of that. And um, we're also teaching both classes on Zoom. Best way to find out about that is to be on the email list. We both have tons of courses on truefire.com. Marcy teaches mandolin and ukulele and swing guitar on TrueFire. She teaches ukulele at pegheadnation.com. I have um, seven or eight different courses between... Guitar and banjo at truefire.com. And I also have something that's super fun. I have a channel at truefire, which is kind of like, it's kind of like for 10 bucks a month. It's an all you can eat. I've got like 450 videos in there. Oh my goodness. And <laughs> what um, a deal. It's a really, it's a great deal. It's a really nice community. And people just, They'll throw a post up and they'll say, hey, I'd really like to learn such and such a tune. Um, Could you teach it to us? And that's my assignment. I go create a lesson on that tune and post it back for them and everybody gets to see it. So that's super fun. And then we've got, oh, 20 or 25 instructional things on homespun tapes. And basically what we're doing right now is lots and lots of all of that. You know, yes, (laughs) a lot of content. Um, ran a nice two old-time banjo festivals online with Brad Kladner, ran a great guitar weekend with Marcy that had some wonderful guests in it. And uh, and hey, this will be of interest to you and the Get Up and the Cool folks. Um, Adam Hurt and I are running an online old-time banjo contest.
0: Oh, my goodness. The
3: Clifftop would have been. And so we just realized that we so missed what you were just talking about. That thing where you sit and listen to everybody. It's how I met Adam is sitting there 14 years ago, listening to every single person who played, or it might've been longer than that, you know? Mm. Um, But listening to every single person playing, going, got to meet that person, got to meet that person, got to meet that person. We ended up jamming. We had a great time and we both realized how much we miss that community so, um, there is a Facebook page called the Mike Seeger Commemorative Old-Time Banjo Festival. Because oh, I ran a banjo festival for many years that Mike helped us start. And uh, Brad and I kind of are using that to host the Old-Time Banjo Festival. And Adam and I are using that to host the online Old-Time Banjo Contest. And catch this, there's real prize money. 500 bucks for first wow. prize. Uh, down to, I think, 50, 50 bucks for fifth prize. We have tons of um, raffle items that have been donated to us. We have a great sponsor, Deering Banjos, have put a bunch of money in so that we can offer real prize money. And um, in our final concert, and I think that's August 8th, but I should double-check that, in our final concert, uh, the MC of the finals event is going to be Jake Blunt and he's also going to do a concert for us. And of course he was last year's Clifftop winner. So we're kind of bringing it all around full circle. So there's an event up uh, on the Mike Seeger old time commemorative old time banjo festival page and just go like that page and like the event and you'll find out all the info, including you. I hope you enter.
0: I absolutely will. I'm so excited that uh, I've competed you know, in Clifftop or, you know, that week every year for the past like seven years. So I'm really happy that I get to again in, in this that, way. There's
3: a nice thing. You know, if you take the competition part of competition out. Yes. What happens to every banjo player who is going to enter a contest? They're going to try and play their best. They're going to practice. They're yeah. going to work on their music. And um, then they're going to show people what they've been working on. That is so cool. And we felt like, wouldn't it be a shame to miss that opportunity for everybody? So
0: absolutely, uh,
3: that's a super fun thing that we're looking forward to. And, uh, you know, the sun never sets on the Kathy and Marcy uh, little <laughs> tiny uh, village. I'm not going to call it an empire. And uh, Marcy mentioned that she's a cancer <laughs> patient. We have also for the last two years been working on a play uh, about her cancer experience. It's called All oh, Waked wow. Out. And we've done a number of uh, staged readings. And we had a debut this summer that was canceled at the Capitol Fringe Festival. So we are brainstorming how we're going to do a online debut. And I got to tell you, as good a musician as Marcy is, wait till you see what a great actress and comedian she is. Oh, my God. She's amazing.
0: I'm honestly not surprised to hear that. Uh, She's... An absolute ham without a script. (laughs) So. (laughs) Uh, Well, it was so lovely getting to hang out with you, even if it's thousands of miles away. And um, it was so lovely to play with you. And uh, I just, I'm really grateful for all that you do um, in your village, not empire. (laughs) (laughs) I <laughs> am um, I'm, I'm a grateful subject. I will just say that. Um, what do you want to do for this last tune?
3: Well, we've talked so much about Olabel Reed, and I know you're a fan of hers. We heard you do a beautiful version of Fortune for Porch Pride. Yes. So we thought we'd go ahead and sing her song, Tear Down the Fences.
0: Lovely. Thank you so much, Kathy and Marcy. <laughs>
4: Sunday morning, suns are shining, flowers blooming everywhere, birds are singing, soft winds blowing, whispering a message.
1: Come true I wish that God would give us strength to know just what to do then we could tear down the fences that fence us in fences created by such evil men then we could tear down the fences that fence us all in we could walk together again. true, I'd wish that God would give us strength to know just what to do, and we could tear down the fences that fence us so in, fences created by such evil men, and we could tear down the fences that fence us all land. And we could walk together again
0: Join Kathy and Marcy's email list at kathymarcy.com to stay up to date with everything Kathy and Marcy are up to. While you're there, you can sign up for some of their courses at Peghead Nation and Truefire and buy some of their albums. The info for the online Old Time Banjo Contest is there too. Also, make sure to like and follow them on Facebook at Kathy and Marcy. You can support Get Up In The Cool at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. Order a t-shirt, bag, sticker, or phone case at Get Up In The Cool's Teespring store. Make sure to like and follow Get Up In The Cool on Facebook so you can see the video I posted from this episode and share it with the world. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional banjo series. Check out my other podcast, Think Outside the Box set. It's available in all the same places as Get Up In The Cool. And everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for
1: listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool.